That's the sound of me opening up a bottle of Groovy's non-alcoholic bubbly rosé. When you smell it, you get hit with lots of fruity goodness, and when you pour it out, it has a nice light pink hue. When you take a sip, the tiny effervescent bubbles hit your tongue, and you'll quickly taste notes of tart green apple and fresh strawberries. Groovy also makes a delicious non-alcoholic Prosecco, one of my go-to NA drinks, and I love these two wines because they are gluten-free and only 60 calories per bottle. Groovy also offers a variety of craft non-alcoholic beers, so you can have a delicious non-alcoholic beverage for just about every occasion. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar, and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we will be chatting with the makers of these amazing non-alcoholic Prosecco and Rosé wines, Annika and Nikki Sani, co-founders of Groovy. Based in Denver, Colorado, Groovy strives to help others to be healthy and stay social one drink at a time. In this episode, we discuss the origin story of Groovy, how Annika and Nikki work together as siblings in a family business that also includes many other family members, as well as discuss how Groovy is changing people's expectations of non-alcoholic drinks by creating a wide variety of craft beers and wines that appeal to everyone's palate. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Annika and Nikki, welcome to the Four All Drinks podcast. Hi, super hey, excited to be here today. I know that you all are in, in different areas. Nikki, you are in Denver at the moment, right? Yeah, in Denver, uh, staying in Boulder right now, but uh, okay. in Colorado. I'm out in Toronto right now, actually. Well, I'm super excited to chat with you all today because I see you all as one of the new and exciting non-alcoholic beverage brands that I've seen come onto the industry. And I really can't wait to talk with you all because you have such an interesting story with Groovy. So I think that's where we're just going to get started. Where did the idea for Groovy come from? We definitely have an interesting story, a little different probably than most brands. I'll give you a little background. Annika is my sister and we're Canadians originally. And so the idea for Groovy actually occurred about two, two and a half years ago when cannabis got legalized in Canada. So in Canada, they legalized cannabis federally. Everybody could consume it. And our family is a very health forward family. So we're always, you know, trying new things or new fads, keto, fasting. And so we were really into this cannabis, using cannabis as a wellness product. And so my family ended up hosting uh, a cannabis um, kind of party, and we invited a bunch of people over. So we had people of all different ages, a lot of first-time consumers of cannabis, some more experienced people. And then people just started, when they came and started socializing, as they would typically with alcoholic beverages. So having some glasses of wine, some gin and tonics, and then we had dinner and snack. And then my dad basically brought out the cannabis and we had edibles, a vape, tincture, whatever we could scrounge up uh, <laughs> was all kind of lying there. And then so people basically consumed whatever they wanted to. And it was so interesting about an hour into the party, you look around and it was just like the, the party had turned into a mess. You had people lying down on the couch. You had people lying on the floor, some people feeling sick in the washroom. Nobody looked like nobody was having fun anymore. And so we're like realizing, hey, as Canada, this becomes more socially acceptable and people uh, use cannabis as an alternative to alcohol in a social setting. 
people still require beverages to socialize. It feels natural to have a beverage while you're hanging out with other people. But we realize that alcohol is not that beverage for in that cannabis environment. The two don't really work well together. One can be a wellness product. The other is definitely not a wellness product. And so that's what sparked the idea. And we're like, hey, let's look into the non-alcoholic space and see what there is out there that could go well with cannabis. That's like the original idea for us. Yeah. And, and I think from that as well, as we started to do more research and looking out for what's there, we found that there was nothing that really resonated with us and that it seemed overall the category was quite stagnant and really underloved, essentially. And we're both young. We love being social, going to concerts, hanging out with friends, but not really wanting to have that hangover the next day. So with that, we decided, okay, if we're looking for these options, I'm sure many other people are as well. And that's where it's, okay, let's create a brand that coincides with our values, something that can be fun and young, youthful, and where we could be social, but also stay healthy. And I think from there, we just all came together, the whole family, my parents as well, my boyfriend too, and just went for it. And where did the concept of Groovy come from? And then I think one of the things that's interesting, what you just pointed out is your family business, which is awesome. And I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah, the name itself, Groovy, obviously has that relation to cannabis. But I think what we wanted to do is take something that was that old term and kind of outdated and bring it back and make it fresh and new. And with that, it's you can be social and you can be silly and you can have fun, but you don't need alcohol to do that. And what about bringing all the family in? So I, how did that come about in terms of turning it into a family business? So Mickey and I had this idea and we were at this unique point in life. I had just graduated from university and he had taken a year off from his previous job. Our parents were actually retired. So we talked to them and said, come help us out with this. And then we all moved to Denver. So it was quite unique for us to all be living back in the same house again. I think there were seven of us, my boyfriend and our family friend, Glenn, as well. And I never thought that we would all be here together working as a family, but it's been going smoothly and fingers crossed that it continues to go smoothly. Yeah, there's definitely no plan to create a, a family business. It just this weird moment in, t in time where nobody in the family was working. And we all thought this was an awesome idea. And so we just started and it started snowballing. And then we got our mom started to pack all our first online orders just out of our house. And then dad started helping with sales and distribution. And so we then brought Annika's boyfriend on board and anyone that we could grab that was near us. We're like, hey, we need more help. Help us out and join our, our groovy family. So when you all started doing that research and getting a sense of where you fit or what was missing, how did you come up with the products that you all did? Yeah, it was a lot of reaching out to basically brewers. We're not brewers ourselves. So we had to work with brewers and winemakers in order to develop the products because the styles that we wanted to create were either not there or there was maybe one or two styles. Like there was no Prosecco, there was no sour beers and stuff like that. So it was like a lot of conversations with brewers and trying to make them believe that this was something that they should invest the time into working with us to develop. It was tough because as a small beverage company, a lot of like bigger breweries or wineries don't believe you. So they're like, oh, I don't, why would I spend eight months working with you to develop a, a beer when you're probably going to fail? 
and I, I wasted all that time. You, you almost had to pitch this big story of this big brand that you were going to become and all, all this, all these cases that you would sell so they could buy into helping you work and develop and innovate with you. So hopefully, well, hopefully we're getting there, but it required a lot of thinking big at the beginning to get people to buy into the vision. And what were the particular products or the first ones that you all decided to, to launch with? So we launched with a Prosecco, an IPA, and a Sour. Gotcha. And then how was the response to, to those as you launched them? I think overall, it was super positive and like crazier than we could have ever expected. Nikki had taken some samples and gone out to Denver earlier and was just having people taste them and seeing people's reaction and stuff. And I think he quickly realized that people are interested in what we've created. So he gave us a call. He was like, okay, guys, come out here. I think we're going to go full blast with this. And I kid you not, maybe within two days, me, mom, dad packed up the car and drove out to Denver as well. But Overall, we've done quite a lot of events and samplings and just trying to be out with the community. And the response has always been so positive. But also, sometimes people are quite surprised. They've never, they maybe tried one non-alcoholic beer way back when, and now they try it and they're like, what? This is an IPA, but are you sure there's no alcohol in this? You know, getting that kind of reaction. Yeah, it's been amazing so far. Yeah, I think what's exciting about the whole category is that so many people haven't tried any products in the category. And so they just have their stigmatized view of it. And fortunately enough, the people who were in the category 10 years ago set the bar so low for people's expectations of non-alcoholic products that more often than not, people are through the roof that you can have a hoppy beer without alcohol or a sour beer without alcohol because they're, they think that it's going to kill them if they even try it, that was their initial question. So it's the the feedback's been great so far. And and you all point out something really interesting as I've been diving into this space is that there's a set of innovation that happened within the beer industry with craft brewing and literally nothing was introduced in the non-alcoholic beverage space until recently. So you all are coming in and being some of the original innovators um, in that space. And I think you point out there's so many people that have impressions of kind of the old school, very flat, tasteless type of beer versus the ones that have you all that have rich in flavor. So there's obviously the beer you come to Denver and Colorado, it's a big beer area, but why also Prosecco? Because that's one of the, like, I'm actually drinking one of your Proseccos now, which is absolutely perfect for such a hot day in New York City. But I also think of you as one of the few businesses that have something aside from beer that's really delicious. And what made you all think about that? I think, um, you know, is creating that wide variety of flavors. And Nikki was a little bit more into those craft beer flavors. And for me, I'm a little bit more on that wine side. And especially there's a lack of what's available on the wine side. And it would just tend to taste like grape juice. I eat very healthy and I don't like sweet things. And so I think that's something that we focused on a lot with the Prosecco as well as making sure that it was to the palate of something that was going to be tart and not overly sweet. But I think that's about the wide variety. Those first three flavors, none of them are similar at all. And so if you love one, you might not like the other or vice versa. Do you have any other ideas for products that you're looking to explore or are you all testing anything out? 
So we've been trying to develop a new technology for non-alcoholic beer uh, over the last six months or so. So we're going to be launching our first two beers with that new technology. So we'll be launching a crafted lager and a juicy IPA and then a bubbly rosé on the wine side. So a lot of products come into the market in the near future. And depending on how, you, how much you can share, how have you created your previous products and what's different with this new technology? Because I, I know that there are some that brew beers and then they remove the alcohol. There's other ways and methods. And can you share a little bit about that? So we're unique in that all our products use a different process. We found that different processes to produce NA work better for different styles. So our sour beer, we use... Um, like there's low alcohol yeast strains that you can use. So that we use a low alcohol yeast strain for our sour. For our IPA, we stop the fermentation early. For the lager, we're going to brew it to full strength and remove the alcohol. And so we found that different methods, some have, they have their pros and their cons and finding the right style that fits into that method is the way, we, the way we're heading towards. We don't want to just be set in one way to make NA beer because there's so much innovation happening. There's new yeast strains coming all the time. There's new dealkalizing equipment. There's different ways to play with temperature. So we're just always trying to innovate in terms of different ways to produce. One of the things that we were talking about before we started was the non-alcoholic beverage space is going through this very interesting growth period, but it's always challenging where there's so many of potential customers that are coming from lots of different areas. There's health and wellness. There is sober curious. There's sober people who are in recovery. And where do you all see uh, yourselves in this space and positioning yourselves? I think it's clear that people can be drinking non-alcoholic beverage for so many reasons. What we did with Groovy is really created a brand that resonated most with us. And that's a little bit more on that kind of sober curious side, just because that's a little bit more on our personal journey, but creating something that was bold and proud to be non-alcoholic and something that was fun and youthful. But really, yeah, it's been hard even figuring out how to market because we also have pregnant ladies and they love the Prosecco. And so it's still kind of something that we're learning along the way. And it's not only for and so it's a product that is available for any reason. But that's the stance that we've taken on it is really creating that inclusive social environment. And I'd love to hear from you all. I know that we had talked earlier about your own sober curious journey and how that played an influence on the, the growth of Groovy. Yeah, for me, I, so I had recently graduated university and in college, I was obviously drinking. I think I would class myself as a social drinker. And I think that's similar for Nikki as well. I got to the point where it's like, you knew if I was going out, I was obviously going to be drinking alcohol as well. But then in my fourth year last year of university, I started to question that relationship a little bit more as focused on school and questioning, okay, where does this hangover come in if I'm, you know, going out Thursday, Friday and Saturday, right? And started to question that a little bit more, but it was really with launching Groovy and over this past year that I've had the opportunity to explore that relationship a little bit more and realize the importance of having this beverage where it could relieve the social pressure in the settings and being like, oh, okay, like, why am I going to have a drink right now? And if 
I was skiing and I would go for a beer, it wasn't because I wanted the alcohol from the beer at the top of the mountain. It was more for the ritual of having that cold beer and being more mindful and conscious of when I was making those decisions. And I think many can relate with that is through periods of alcohol-free times in my life, realizing all those benefits. And to me, it was like this life hack. I was like, okay, I'm 24. And I realized if I remove alcohol, then I'm working better. I'm sleeping better. I have more time to get all this stuff done. I'm, I'm honestly grateful for that, discovering it at this young age and also being able to share that with my friends and my community. But that's where I came at it from my, what I would call a sober curious journey. And what about you, Nikki? I, I have a similar journey to Anika where I'm like, personally, I, I am someone who just likes to feel productive and healthy. I'd always place a lot of guilt on myself after a night of heavy drinking in terms of, okay, I've, I ruined my health goals because I ate a lot of drunk food. And now I, you know, wasted a whole Saturday because I was recovering. And so like that internal guilt just kept getting bigger and bigger over the years as, as time becomes a little bit more valuable and it's hard to get back all that time. So that kind of guilt is actually what kind of led me to question my relationship with, with alcohol and consuming substantially less. Yeah. And both of you pointed out some really important things. I think there's that element where going out for a drink, the default is alcohol, but with food as well as beverage, it's such a communal thing and it's tied to connection and socializing and the product that you all create, it, it allows for inclusivity and essentially social drinking for everyone. Mm -hmm. So people don't feel not included. I'd love to hear where you see the non-alcoholic beverage industry evolving to, but I... Part of what we want to do at Foral Drinks is one, promote a lot of and, and highlight a lot of the awesome brands like you all, but also try to advocate for bars, restaurants, conferences, weddings to have these type of options so people don't have to pray that there's something than simply just a high sugary fruit juice or diet soda. So yeah. how do you see the the non-alcoholic beverage like beverage growing? And then how do you see that in that inclusivity space? Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think that's for us, bars and restaurants and being in those social settings, concert venues, etc., has been a focus for us since day one. Often it takes a little bit more effort to get into those locations. But like you said, those are the places where you go to be social. And those are the places where you want to have those options. I think it's going to keep, we see already the more receptive restaurants are on realizing this, that they need to carry an option. And I think it's going to keep growing. I think it's very teamwork here. We're all a community together. So like my biggest thing is try to get out there and ask for those options. Even if you don't see it on the menu, still ask the waiter and that's going to register in their head that they need to have these options. Often it's related to the vegan movement where if you don't have those options, you're going to lose a lot of customers. And on the opposite side, now you see boozeless bars coming up and similar with vegan restaurants, right? So it's so awesome to really see it continue to grow. And I'm excited to, to watch that. Yeah, like the, bar, the, the demand for the bars and restaurants is going to come from, has to come from the consumer. The consumer needs to ask and demand for products they want and places that are carrying it support them and thank them. 
And then we'll slowly get there to where most locations are carrying a variety of different non-alcoholic products in the next few years. Like some are, are earlier to cater than others, but it, it, it requires education and customers to team up together and get places to carry whatever option they want. And and I think that leads into something really interesting in the sense like we're right in the middle of COVID. And I'd love to hear how it's impacted you all because these restaurants and bars that we want these type of uh, beverages to be in aren't necessarily open. But you all have a unique business model along with others in the non-alcoholic beverage industry is that you can ship your product as opposed to alcohol that you can't. So how has COVID forced you to um, shift your model or innovate or change in any way? And how's it impacted you? Yeah, no, it's a good question. We've been, you know, super fortunate that we do have a large direct-to-consumer side of the business. And so during COVID, we saw that kind of jump up quite a bit as people weren't going to bars and restaurants. So they were ordering directly to their home. And just people were more aware of their health right there. You can't stay at home drinking alcohol every day. So we saw more people looking for alternatives and were able to ship pretty much anywhere in the U.S. for, for people that wanted it. But now that restaurants are, are starting to open up again here in Colorado, what we've, we see it as a little bit of an opportunity because since we were fortunate to do well during COVID, we're actually going around to a lot of the restaurants here locally and being like, hey, we know you're just getting your kind of your feet under you. So here, take a case of non-alcoholic beer on us and put it on the menu and we're here to support you locally as well. And so that's what we're trying to do because we know that buying non-alcoholic beer is lower on their list of things when you know you open up a restaurant. So we're just trying to share our our fortunate circumstances with the local bars that were having a tough time. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we were impacted on was events and samplings and that kind of aspect. We focus a lot on that and getting back into the community and socializing, hearing people's stories and stuff. And so obviously that's on pause and probably for a while, as you probably, but I think finding those alternate ways to still connect. And a lot of that has been virtually. I'm the one that runs the whole Instagram and work a lot more on the marketing side of things. So We've definitely seen that whole community come together as a whole. And so I think when things do reopen, people are going to be quite eager to get out and to just be in each other's company again. Yeah, yeah. And enjoy a tasty beverage. So one of the things that's interesting is I know that, Annika, you're in Toronto right now, but you all have focused in the U.S. Are any thoughts on Canada or international or anything that? Or are you focusing more on the U.S. and then eventually trying to get into restaurants and bars, etc.? Yeah, so I am in Toronto right now, and we do have Groovy available here as well. So probably since, I don't know how many months it's been now, maybe six months that we've been available in kind of the Toronto area. And we have a team out here working to expand in Ontario and Quebec. And then we also now have an online retailer that we work with to ship across um, the country. So we're excited to be here as well and then continue continuing to expand in other states and the U.S. as well. One of the things that I'd love, and this is taking a little bit of a step back, is I'd love to hear a little bit more of each of your backgrounds and how you ended up, like, what was your childhood like? And do you see any experiences that you were younger that have helped you doing what you're doing today? I've always wanted to 
start my own business. As a kid, I would sell cookies. <laughs> I'd make cookies and sell them door to people. I would buy cho- like chocolate milk in mass jugs and then bring them to like a gym class and then sell it to the kids after gym. Um, <laughs> it was like always like in my DNA to to be entrepreneurial and go with ideas. And then at school, I studied business again with the goal of. of putting the foundations together to eventually run my business. And then I worked in software after that. Again, learning how to sell and, and learning how, how a small business would operate. So I feel like my childhood and upbringing and stuff was leading up to, to Groovy. I didn't know what it would be or what type of business, but I'm, I was heading in this direction. So <laughs> glad I'm here now. <laughs> what about you, Annika? Yeah, so I actually come at it from a little bit of a different perspective. So I had obviously just graduated university, so I don't have much um, work experience and jumped right into Groovy. But what I studied actually in university was neuroscience and psychology. And I've always been a big fan of figuring out the brain and the relationship with our cognition and what we put in our body um, coming from a health point of view, um, that nutritional neuroscience and stuff. And so I think naturally that's why I started to explore the alcohol-free space a little bit more and question that relationship with alcohol. And so I think down the line, it's something that I still want to do a bit of that research and learning more of the effects of alcohol and the effects of non-alcoholic beer on the brain. And that difference coincide a little bit more on that health side versus the expertise of starting a business. That's more on Nikki's part. Yeah, it's honestly worked well together. The two of us were five years apart, but we've never worked together, obviously, or (laughs) any business-related projects together. But we turns out we have a pretty complementary skill set. And that's hugely important for co-founders as well as just being able to work with family and making sure you have those really strong communication skills set up. Um, What's been, as entrepreneurs and just, and Groovy's been around how long? Uh, like 14 months we've been on the shelf. So what's been some of the, the challenges that you've had or what some of the big surprises in terms of launching and growing the business? I think the, a lot of the challenges were right at the beginning, like just getting the ball started, right? The product development was took a while, was a challenge, was to get people to believe in your vision and and start working with you in order to execute it. So that was definitely a challenge. And then as we developed, we've had to understand our customers more. And and that's been um, interesting for us. We originally started with that idea that this could be a beverage to be consumed alongside cannabis. That's the idea we had. And so we quickly realized that was, sure, that's maybe one use case, but it's such a small little scenario that we're going after. And there's this awesome community of people that just want great tasting non-alcoholic beverages. So making a transition from our original concept into a wellness brand that that was learning going through that as well. Like we had to completely redo our website and, you know, redo our packaging as well and stuff like that. So we've gone through a few, a few obstacles like in the first year, but I really feel like now we're, we've set a pretty good foundation to, move a little bit quicker and reach new people and innovate faster and stuff like that. But the first year was the one probably full of challenges. And I'm sure there's 
more challenges to come as we uh, add new people to the team, add new distribution and stuff like that. Um, and for each of you, what's your favorite part about this work? I think for me, it's very rewarding in the sense that I'm often working right with our customers and hearing people's stories and to really realize that we've created a company that has a positive impact on people's lives. And we get so many messages that people just share their whole story with us and how Groovy appeared on the door and it changed that day that they could, okay, now I could go out with my friends and feel comfortable. And I don't think I ever thought about that so much before versus if you were selling software or something else and nothing against software, but having that positive impact on people's lives is, is so rewarding and is what keeps me going, really. Yeah, I always just love the, the moments that you get that people are skeptical at the beginning and you're able to change their mind on the category as a whole. There's so many scenarios where I'll leave samples at a bar or a restaurant or meet somebody and they're like, ah, no, don't even bother, kid. We don't need that stuff over here. And I'm like, no, man, just try it at home with your friends or whatever. And then you'll get like a text later or an email. And they're like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Come by next week or something <laughs> like that. So all these like moments where people are like so skeptical and you've turned them around or, or introduced them to a new experience. I, like those are the ones that I just truly love. I try to find uh, a perfect occasion for people to try a non-alcoholic product in, in order to convert them. And I feel like setting them up for that perfect occasion will convert them into seeing where in their life they could fit non-alcoholic products in. So if that's having them have a non-alcoholic beer after a bike ride on a Sunday, then that's their moment, right? That's the perfect spot for it. And now they can be like, okay, maybe I can insert it on my Wednesday date night and this, and you'll see it slowly grow as you found that perfect experience for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the exciting thing about kind of the non-alcoholic uh, beverage movement is sh being able to shift those minds. And I think the other thing that Anika, you pointed out is we talked a little bit about inclusiveness and making people feel included, but I think, and this is a, this is one of the biggest epidemics. There's tons of research about this emerging in the U S and I'm sure globally is like loneliness and mm -hmm. people feel isolated because they feel that they can't go out because they're not going to feel included or feel awkward because they're not drinking. And I think this provides a really products like Groovy provide a really great opportunity to try to solve that problem. It's not something that you should have to sacrifice, right? If you're not drinking alcohol and coming from it, from that brain perspective, socialization and social connection is so important for long-term brain health. And so it shouldn't be something that you should ever feel guilt, especially when you're making a decision that's best for yourself. And so Groovy is just about providing that opportunity where you have a choice to make that decision for yourself. Yeah, I think, I think Marcos has a very good point. Back uh, a while ago, I would feel that if I wanted to be healthy, I would forego being social. And that sucks, right? You're like, okay, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm doing Whole30 or I'm doing something healthy for me, an, an elimination diet. So I can't go out. I can't talk to anybody. I got to stay, I got to stay home and eat my meals like this. And I can't do, I can't do both. And it's, it's, it's sad that you have to make that compromise. And we, we don't want people to have to do that. To be social and healthy can go together. They don't need, need to, to be one or the other. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, where do you see your, you all yourselves as well as the company in the next three to five years? Good question. 
our, our bankers ask the same question <laughs> and I try to come up with the best answer as I can. We're just trying to take it a few months at a time. Our immediate priorities are continue to innovate on product, continue to develop the Groovy community by sharing with them and supporting them and growing that community. And then from the business, um, trying to add uh, a few more states in the upcoming year to be able to have our products more widely available. It's great to be able to ship everywhere, but I'm sure a lot of people would like to buy it locally and not have to open up all these packages from an environmental standpoint. So those are the few things we're working on. Do we have a three to five year plan? I, I wish. Maybe I should sit down and we should all, we should all <laughs> plan it out better, but we're just taking a few months at a time right now. And I think that's a little bit more about a vision which you shared because so many things change so quickly. This space is changing quickly. I think it's emerging. It's bigger in the UK and other parts of the world, but it's really emerging in the US. And I think over the next few years, it's just going to really explode. And I guess as you all are expanding, what type of people do you bring into Groovy? What are the type of people that you'd like to bring in as staff and work with? Yeah, and I think company culture is so important for us in creating something positive and inclusive, always looking for people that are passionate and motivated on what we're doing and creating that inclusive as well as diverse community. And when I say diverse, I'm race and culture diverse, but also diverse in their point of views and perspectives so that it's challenging all of us to be the best that we can. I guess the way I see it, we started as a family business and the amazing members that we've taken on so far have really just been grown that family. And hopefully in the future, as we grow, we're just continuously growing our groovy family is how I really see it. I think it's so important to have those intimate and personal connections with everyone that we're working with. Yeah, our employees basically just think they're part of the the family now. They are. Oh, I'm part of the family, so. <laughs> we'll keep um, adopting. <laughs> what's, what's one thing that people don't necessarily know about Groovy that you'd like for them to know about? I think originally we had a little bit of that like cannabis misconception because of the brand name. And so we had a, some people that thought our product, products were infused and that was confusing for for some people. But we've tried to clarify that since then. One thing that would love people to, to know about us is that we're really going for just being fun and social. And you can see that by like our packaging and branding and the events that we try to put on. Like we, we want people to not feel uh, ashamed to ever ask or purchase a non-alcoholic product. We've we created a brand that we hope that people are going to ask, hey, what are you drinking? What's that bright green thing that you're drinking? And then the response is, hey, it's a non-alcoholic beer and it's, it's awesome. We, that's, that's the response that we're trying to go for and have our customers share with their communities as well. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. I love the fact of the groovy field and the groovy brand is this combination of connection and community and inclusiveness, but also fun. Um, I love your Prosecco and I am super excited about the two drinks. What are the two drinks that are going to be coming up? We have three. So you'll have a, a lager, uh, a juicy IPA and a bubbly rosé. Oh, amazing. I can't wait to try the bubbly rosé. And I, the reason why I really love you all is that I unfortunately am gluten intolerant. So the, the Prosecco is perfect and the rosé is going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So if people want to find uh, more information about you all and order, what's the website? 
It's uh, get groovy and that's a G-R-U-V-I.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending uh, your uh, afternoon with us. And I can't wait for us to continue talking and partnering and, and growing the Groovy brand. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And we just wanted to thank you for having us um, on the podcast and, and more importantly, for the community and awareness that you're setting up with For All Drinks as well. We can tell that everybody in this space needs to work together to grow and educate and gain the exposure. So greatly appreciate what you guys are doing as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having us, Marcus. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you feel inspired by Annika and Nikki's story and are excited about tasting the variety of delicious non-alcoholic beers and wines that they make and making some delicious mimosas with a Prosecco and Rosé. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.